2: Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. Y'all, this is Rivalry Week Recap, and I, I want to start with something that happened, I don't know, after 7.0T. Because, as the internet's only college football podcast, it's important to discuss what happened immediately after the games and not what's in the games. And let's be honest, after 7.0T, you don't really have a game. You just kind of have a collection of random events that unfolded in front of you that happened to turn out one way or the other. And somebody, in theory, has to come away with a win. That's not what we're here to talk about. No, 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 no. There's a lot. I mean, you can laugh at Michigan. Y'all want to laugh at Michigan? I'd love to. Yeah. Well, that's going to have to wait.
1: I'm Spencer Hall.
2: (laughs) And what I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about the iron fist of Kevin Falk and
1: the other iron parts of Kevin Falk. There are many.
2: Yeah. And the dude in a Texas A&M shirt who almost caught a hullabaloo connect connect right to the solar plexus and possibly the, the neck, the throat at the hands of LSU director of player development and former LSU running back and former New England Patriot, Kevin Falk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's what I want to talk about. Now, we have, I think, a consensus here. We were all up for that game, or did Ryan, had you already checked out by then?
3: Didn't even realize it was happening. Had totally checked out.
1: I fell asleep, ironically, during the sixth overtime.
2: Jason, you were watching LSU-Texas A&M to the end, correct?
1: But I have seen the aftermath. Uh, I I caught up the next day.
0: Man, I watched the Hawaii game to the end. Of course, I watched LSU and M to the end.
1: You're an example to us all.
0: Yes, the only one. Kids, be like Jason. No, Stay don't. Up. It means not sleeping. Go <laughs> no. to sleep, kids. Shut the fuck up. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Maybe one of later. the One of the like four things you need to know how to say to be a good uh, parent slash uncle slash aunt. Go to sleep. Be careful. Finish your food. Yeah. Actually, it's just three.
1: That's that's basically
2: that's. I remember him as being so loving, and all you're doing is just giving basic human instructions. Don't poop there. Poop here, not there. Be careful.
1: This is the one part of pet parenting that I think crosses over well into actual parenting. Along with what is that in your mouth? Spit it out. Spit it out. Spit <laughs> it out.
2: The at the end of the game after. Texas A&M wins in the seventh OT and LSU for some reason just forgets who plays what position and starts giving every carry to Joe Burrow. Not that it didn't work.
1: Shut down podcast mascot Joe Burrow.
0: That's right. They, they also had a full black fullback play wide receiver and a running back play quarterback to throw to him.
2: Yeah. LSU just started to, they started to lose the plot. The game got so long that, like the tale of Genji, dead characters came back without any explanation. And no one really cared or asked too many questions about it, right? The continuity, th- all the timelines came together around the fifth OT.
3: Oh man, picture kocho saying Rashomon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's many different perspectives.
1: feel like it would sound like a sneeze.
3: Rashomon.
1: Rashomon.
2: Excuse you, Coach. No, I'm talking Japanese cinema.
3: Coach, coach, what happened there with the field goal attempt uh, as time was uh, winding down that? Well, we had to rush them on. So, had to hurry to kick up. Truth
2: is subjective. What I wanted to get to was photos. The video came out later. But really, the first thing that came out of this, at the end of the game, there was a scuffle between uh, some LSU personnel and some Texas A&M sideline credentialed people.
1: And I didn't pay attention to that at first, because we'd already had one pretty funny game-ending brawl earlier that day in the form of UNC-NC State.
2: Yeah. Good tussle. Like, rivalry Weekend had some good fracases happening, so
3: right?
1: It's like, oh, another fight. No. We
3: see we see you, Egg Bowl. We see you, everybody getting a warning. Oh, everybody well, getting that. a personal foul. Did
1: that happen? Mm. Uh
0: yeah let's not forget Kentucky Louisville, yeah, Kentucky Louisville yeah. had a good dust up, on, right like, I that think at I think on the opening kickoff which yes yeah. that's, that's sort of a tradition there Florida, Florida State even had an attempted flag planting, which was uh how'd
1: that go?
2: It was cut short by anti-colonialist Dan Mullen. We don't claim territory anymore as a nation state we exist as an idea
3: well that's that's Ron Zooksfield. why would you dis- why would you you know ruin it?
0: that's true he, he has to mow it now so you're saying dan mullen disrespected the flag that's that is correct dan Thank mullen protested whole... the flag <laughs> that's
1: right flag disrespect in mississippi
2: hey florida did have to take a knee at the end of that game right <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> ah! wow topical
2: so all the way back around this scuffle broke out uh this was excellent reporting by glenn Gilbo. uh who got to the bottom of this? A scuffle broke out, but before we knew any details, there was just a photo, and this photo is incredible because it was taken by Hillary Sheinick of the Advocate. It is a photo of Kevin Falk, not a not an un not an unfit man.
1: What's Kevin Falk up to?
2: Oh well, Kevin Falk is uh, about up to the dude's neck. He's got his like when you say catch these hands, he has delivered the hands to this young man still unidentified by the way we do not have a positive id on the guy who i will just call said redneck
3: there there are rumors though are there not
1: we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that okay all right
2: sorry he does bear a slight resemblance to a member of the texas a&m staff just saying not saying connected to anything but um the phrase catch these hands oh Kevin Falk hath thrown them Around the collar and neck area Of this extremely stunned dude Who instantly looks like By the way, he's got his eyes closed Somebody said he kind of looks like French Stewart That is a real specific reference but That's a it's,
1: deep pull for 2018
2: Yeah, it's not inaccurate though It's not inaccurate If I just said kind of a countrified French Stewart <laughs> French onion dip Stewart
1: French dressing
2: Stewart French dressing
3: French,
1: French Creole Stewart
2: <laughs> Yeah um he is uh he is clearly on the defensive here uh having made a very poor decision to start this fight and his face registers every degree of this emotion by the way
1: did we ever really explore why that dude was named french and no one ever bothered to interrogate that
3: i'm going to work on that right now you keep going
2: yeah thank you get to the bottom of that
3: but. His first name is Milton. Oh, that That's why his, okay. his, his, his middle name. All right, hold on, Who hold can on, do hold this on. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. According to Wikipedia, his first name is Milton. He has no middle name, and his last name is French Stewart with a hyphen. Hmm. So basically, he's share or
2: prince, but French Stewart.
1: I have fewer questions than I did at the outset. Damn, I will say that.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> Aren't you glad you asked? We've learned so many things already tonight and we're about to learn a few more. Do
1: you know how much we bumped up French Stewart's Q rating in the past 18 hours?
2: This is this story starts by the way, according to Gilbo's article. It starts when Texas A&M wide receivers coach Damian Craig, whose team won this game by the way, right? Uh was quote yelling and going up to LSU coaches Including head coach Ed Ogeron. So, what do we? That's learning?
3: that's the least surprising part is because there's a reason Coach O would have been mad at this point.
2: Well, Coach O, if you missed it, Coach O was doused with celebratory Gatorade like an hour before, at the end of regulation.
3: That's right. That's I mean, right. That's okay. Before, had to, to watch on. all seven overtimes. Yeah, when I so, came t- off
1: in 6 OT, they were tied, so that's no problem, right?
2: hmm So, Ed Ogeron, Damien Craig walking up and trying to talk trash to Ed Ogeron, is clearly proof that there were law enforcement officials there, because I don't think anyone does that without a cop within arms, like, grabbing distance, right? Like, we got police here? Okay, cool. Hey, Ed! Kiss my ass, officer! Howdy <laughs> behind him.
1: But that's not what happened.
2: Nope, nope, nope. What happened was—
1: wait, wait. We we need to frame this because if you we're know, we're not going to get into the the salacious rumors circulating online as to the identity of this puncher, but suffice to say that if these are true, then this falls into this particular chain of country catastrophe this particular vein of storytelling that I love because it's one of those things where when you're framing the story at the very outset, you can start by saying, well, it turns out.
2: <laughs> Which is how you know, you've gotten the real redneck quotient up is whenever you go, Hey, so it turns out. And I'll just read this here straight from it. Uh, Damien Craig is over there raising hell and Steve Cragthorpe an assistant for LSU Decides to walk over and, you know, move it along. Just just going to move it along, right? Saying, hey. So this is Craig Thorpe directly. I went up to Damien and said, hey, Damien, get out of here. You won. You don't need to be doing that. Move along. And that's when I got hit. I mean, I got nailed. He was a young guy. I'm 53. I'm not going to fight him. And here's the it turns out part. Because if you're that young guy, the one who made a very bad decision in deciding to fight and coming up against Kevin Falk, who's from Cairn Crow, outside Lafayette, you don't want none. If you're that guy, this is when you get into redneck disaster territory, because it's never just about one detail. No, it's always about the additional thing, right? Like, hey, so when I went mudding, and it turns out it was a protected federal land reserve. With a rare kind of turtle whose nest I disturbed with the wheels of my massive truck. And now those charges are federal. That's the it turns out, right? The, oh, I thought it'd be funny to throw my cigarette in the window of a passing car. Not only was he a cop, he was the president. President cop. I threw a (laughs) cigarette and it landed on president cop. And now I'm in super jail for the rest of my life.
1: Secret Service ain't shit.
2: It Man, out-
3: look at you we- we- weaving these tales of fiction so so effortlessly,
2: so, deft- so deftly.
1: You have a real st- you have a real it turns out story, don't you? Not for you, but
2: I do. I do the it turns out factor. Like a coworker of mine who I've mentioned, or a co-worker of my brothers, from West Virginia. He has one of the best it turns out stories ever because it starts bad. Remember, the story always starts bad as in, well, I got a DUI because I drove through a building.
1: And that's the harbinger word here. The, hey, what happened to you? Well.
2: Yeah, that means there's two parts. There's going to be a turn. the the turn
1: comes with, it turns out. It
2: turns out it was a post office in this guy's case. And those charges are federal. The turn was also into a building. Through a building. Completely through a building. That's what happened. And then he got federal charges. So about that turn, it's about to come up here in the story, okay? Because remember, Steve Cragthorpe talking. He says, I'm a young guy. He said, he's a young guy. I'm 53. I'm not going to fight him. Let's keep going. You might have remembered something about Steve Cragthorpe at this point. But if you haven't, I'm about to take you through it. I have Parkinson's. But even if I didn't, I haven't gotten in a fight since high school. So that's, that's all real bad. Because this guy, this guy just punched Steve Cragthorpe, who has Parkinson's in his 53. It's not a good look. Are we done? No. (laughs) We're not even close to done. Not even close to done. I continue from Gilbo's article. Out of nowhere, I got nailed, Cragthorpe said in a phone interview when he got back home Sunday afternoon. I didn't go down, but I clutched over. Where's that turn? Oh, put your signals on. There it comes. I was like, damn, he got me right in my pacemaker. Then it started fluttering like he jostled it. That's right. (laughs) The turn wasn't just that you got into a fight on the field by punching a 53-year-old guy with Parkinson's. No, man, you hit him right in the pacemaker, the one you didn't know he had. And you popped him right in there. Boy, he felt it.
1: Also, since when is that a place to direct a punch? (laughs) <laughs> right
2: in
0: the face i mean unless you did it intentionally which whew, that's that's scouting right there i think that means you got a heat-seeking fist you detected the <laughs> machinery the <laughs> true target
1: yeah, Jimbo's <sighs> really is i'll
3: nine. i'll be first on the line against skynet i can tell the robots i can <laughs> smell them
0: <laughs> cyborg steve cragthorpe <laughs> steve- he was coming to kill us
2: all I mean, really, he only kind of made Louisville sick for a couple of years. And then he was fine. He's not a very effective... He's a nice guy. He's not an effective Terminator. He'd be a terrible Terminator. Look, he's polite. He's got Parkinson's. This is not good. So yeah, popped him right in the pacemaker. And then, as if this wasn't bad enough... And remember, were we're a good four degrees of trouble down in here. He turns, and he sees Kevin Falk. Who, if you've seen any of these photos, the most recent of which features Kevin Falk being held back by an LSU player and his fist in the exact shape of the exact clench of the Arthur Beam, right? Like like he is about to bury this young man.
3: Swole, swole Arthur.
2: Yeah, just swole Arthur with the gym, by the way, with the gym shorts on under the khakis. Stay ready, all-star. Kevin Falk ready to just go it's like i don't know if it's got multiple rounds i'm ready to go take these khakis off and i'm good that is why lsu and texas a&m best new rivalry in college football thanks thanks to this god level redneck idiot who ended up being i don't know three or four different memes by the end of uh by the yeah, end God of saturday night
1: painting in a couple of these
2: it was the framing is magnificent
1: this is this, is this year's college football renaissance painting last year it was tennessee uh, alabama was tennessee's elmer <laughs> and this year it's this kid
2: yeah so while we do not know the id i could say he definitely does look like a prominent the prominent texas a&m staffer looks a little bit a little bit like you know maybe they get it a relation.
1: They get it.
0: Maybe. Not a in, not a direct, but you know, close but enough. Moving on. Yeah. So I don't like what we, we can't we can't say that everyone's saying it's a Jimbo's nephew. <laughs> what
1: are people are saying I don't know. Like Some we're not, are, we gonna get, say. are we gonna
0: get sued by Jimbo or something? He's got the money, man. <laughs> like but, like that is being widely reported.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not like they have info horns, the, the information <laughs> gathering
0: yeah, we're we're, we're, we're off their, of their radar. radar Texas, pretty sure
1: they're not rivaled.
3: <laughs> this podcast getting shut down by Jimbo Fisher's legal
0: team—the best stuff it down. could that have. That would be our finest achievement yet.
3: And, and somehow Florida State would come rolling in. That counts as a win. We're bowl eligible now. Count it. Let's
0: just so the reason, reason I think that is important to mention is what happens after the dust up when the young man nearly gets his head head punched off by Kevin Falk. He immediately scampers off to find Jimbo <laughs> to, to report what has happened, <laughs> and makes a punching gesture. Right, like, "Hey, hey, I hey, Jimbo! I just punched a guy with Parkinson's."
3: Uncle, Uncle Jimbo.
0: Well, un- Hello, like, Uncle. You can't, u- you can't use my name out here. You
3: that, that could be anyone.
0: Could, he's, he's, he must be. Ta- he must be talking to you, Damien, Not me.
3: I have many people's uncle in a spiritual sense.
0: Jimbo's Jimbo's
2: like moment. By the way,
0: he's talking to Rick Perry, not me.
2: I thought I'd gotten away from these people. I thought I'd I mean, gotten all the money I <laughs> needed and built myself a new life as a member of this
0: aristocracy. All of a sudden, this white trash just rolls up. <laughs> you can you can leave the hills of West Virginia, but <laughs> can't take them nowhere.
3: Should have taken the UCLA job.
0: <laughs> this shit does not happen at UCLA. <laughs> Oh, no, au contraire.
3: I mean, Diddy Diddy throws a kettlebell at you, but at least that's classy and off the field. Right, that's
2: way off the field. Yeah, You get a celebrity throwing kettlebells at you.
0: (laughs) Not at the goddamn head coach.
3: That's just more like a rejected American Gladiators event.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, I think hand in hand, the game matters a lot here. Tensions were high from... Uh, And it it feels crazy to say that, like, the game was somehow topped by the event that happened after it. But it it really was, at least on the Internet, because this was quite possibly the craziest fucking football game in the history of football. We're talking the longest FBS game ever, the most points in an FBS game ever. It went over the total by 100 points, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which has to be the biggest, like, the biggest. If you took the under in this, you're officially the worst gambler of all time.
3: I'm, I'm so excited for somebody to be either doing uh, like bowl previews or season previews next year and look at either one of these defenses and just look at average points scored right. on and just, we'll be like, well, you know, they really faded down the stretch there.
0: Yeah. If if you use stupid math, um then this game is will make you sound like a dumbass. Yeah, you'll, you'll be out here saying like, oh, LSU, they have a <laughs> below average defense. It's sad to say.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ellis, but they had the best quarterback in the conference. They, so. <laughs> Dude, this I wanted this Burrow game to incredible. go on so
0: long. But I wanted this game to go on so long that Joe Burrow put up two thousand yards, and it's like shit. I, I, I guess we got to send him to New York now. Got to, got to vote for him. He threw for five thousand yards this year. He's a finalist. <laughs> be like, Can we give Killam him the Mon. Maxwell Award just for one game?
2: Killam on threw tons of touchdowns. He's got to have a ton of yardage. Yeah, yeah, two hundred eighty <laughs> yards. <laughs> they got to seven. <laughs> like his line don't look it up i'm just gonna quote it don't bother checking it it's 23 tds and
0: 280 yards passing <laughs> because so as the game it. went on the refs were increasingly tired of this shit um which which the refs you know they helped the game go to overtime uh not not to the degree that lsu fans thought at the time because like the big 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 bad call was actually a good call the the fourth down the line was tv fucked up not the refs basically uh but there was there was other stuff too the refs helped the game go to overtime but once it got there boy they, did they re- re- regret that decision and it felt like with every period the uh the, you know the ot you're supposed to start at the 25 it felt like it was just creeping closer and closer <laughs> so finally on a&m's winning drive it was like the ball's near the end zone fine pass interference personal foul put it on the inch line we got to get out of here <laughs> It's 1am <it's 1> <laughs>
2: This, it it did sort of feel like at the end where you really want a game of Monopoly to end and you just start giving your kids things, right? Like, oh, look, you got like nine hotels on that. Whoops, I'm broke. Broke. (laughs) It's (laughs) crazy how you won that. The
3: it
0: invested $10 billion in your $1 million property. You win.
2: (laughs) You did it. Capitalism works. I mean, this happened and it eclipsed even the Egg Bowl, which the Egg Bowl, the Egg Bowl was lit. Egg Bowl was fantastic.
0: In terms of a fight?
2: Yeah. But the Egg Bowl you knew would be that way.
3: And the game itself was not that good.
2: No,
0: it was deplorable. It was awful. Despicable.
2: Remember, although the Egg Bowl did have the notable achievement, not even Texas A&M, LSU can claim this. Not with their seven OTs. Not with all the records. Not with the massive over. The over over, right? Going 100 points over the over. It feels good to say that out loud, man. It's like it seriously, it's like hitting a line. <laughs> You're like, whoo, that's astounding. But it did have an achievement that not even Texas LSU could, you know, offer, which was how on earth do you get players ejected on a play that never happened? That was the greatest thing <laughs> that they ended up with. I believe three players ejected on a single play where the quarterback who dove into a fight did not get ejected. Three other players did, and the play was then called back. So, in other words, you were ejected for nothing. Never happened. Still ejected, though. That's you're
3: some... off the grid. You're off the grid now. The government can't tax you. Yeah. You're legally dead. I don't
1: dead. know how that reads in the play-by-play, <laughs> in like the the sheets. Not like the ESPN play-by-play, but in the sheets they hand out in the press box.
0: So we're saying Ole Miss participated in football that didn't matter.
1: Old Miss fighting ghosts? Interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miss four bat- four old players Miss play- ejected as their daddies watched on. As old ghosts. <laughs> the ghosts who were also being ejected for fighting each other.
2: <laughs> makes me wonder if there's a corresponding voice to the old Miss fathers and sons voice. Uh, Ghost fight. <laughs> no, that it's just... It's just completely opposite that, right? Hi, how you doing?
1: We're Mississippi State.
2: Like a voice with no gravitas whatsoever, right?
1: We just did that. It's Rice voice.
3: The boys fight. The boys fought real hard. But in the entire nation, if they didn't get their butts kicked. You just
1: sound like Jimbo.
3: I just sound like Ross Perot.
1: (laughs) You sound like Jimbo. Put on like a 45. Like when you put one of those records one of your child records on when you were a kid and slowed it down so alvin <laughs> and the chipmunks sounded normal
0: oh god i just sound like david cross on aqua teen hunger force Hi hey everybody It not soo- it sounds like jimbo if you're Commence like
1: Commands the jiggling
0: <laughs> coach can you can you uh can you sound real fired up and excited for this recruiting video i think that's what you get out of jimbo at that point
3: hey everybody welcome to the texas a&m
1: video
2: they gotta like Sorry, I'm glad to be here. We gotta we gotta chop in screw him so he sounds normal.
1: Hey (laughs) says slow low as I get
3: Jason. I I have found the um I've found the play by play description and I'm gonna send it to you so that you can read it as Wright Thompson, if you don't mind. Wow, okay.
2: (laughs) Um hold on. This is all but if you wanna know Whenever you're ready. If you wanna know, by the way, that's that's my takeaway. It's the Texas A&M LSU fight. That's everything I want for college football and otherwise kind of mediocre to messy season.
1: Men with Parkinson's getting punched in a pacemaker? It's
2: all you want out of a
0: rivalry game.
1: Alright. Please direct so your complaints is... about this segment to at 38 Godfrey.
0: Yes. I think I think he's... <sighs> Haven't we done enough? Let's not talk about Godfrey mm-hmm. right now. Based on the results of this past weekend. Let's not talk about let's not talk about those um okay so real quick this is all following a touchdown celebration for a touchdown that never happened penalty ms unsportsmanlike conduct offsetting penalty ms unsportsmanlike conduct offsetting penalty om unsportsmanlike conduct offsetting Unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on all players on the field. Ejections number two, number three, and number six of MSU and number 38 of Ole Miss. Jason, we're just going
2: to keep that rolling. What What did you want to talk about out of Rivalry Week? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of Godfrey, I um, we had a long bet on the Territorial Cup on uh, arizona asu he of course trusted in herm edwards i failed to trust in herm edwards and uh it was looking great at points in the season and then especially toward the end of the actual game between the two teams but then uh but then herm pulled it out at the end and now it went seven and five won the nfc west going to the uh, wild card round i believe so that's that godfrey and i are now two and two against each other you know what numbers Herm needs? Herm needs seven and
2: five. Because that's Somebody, what he got. What was
0: it, I think it was Matt Hinton that pointed out they basically had the exact same season as the year prior. <laughs> like, they tore down a house, built a brand new house, and it was actually the same house.
3: But, because we all assumed it was design. going to be a, a total fucking shit show, we not, that's the secret. Hire a coach that the media is going to be like, what the fuck did you do? And then when that coach is not that bad, the media will also turn around and be like, Man, look at them making it. Way to go.
1: Your coach doesn't have to poor mouth his opponents if the hire is the poor mouth.
3: See? Damn.
1: Also, you're welcome, Arizona State, for everything we did for you.
3: There is no thank you note coming.
1: No.
2: Yeah. I believe, by the way, this feature's Something which was the full Sumlin, which was being up by 35-21, or something thereabouts, and, and blowing it. Just full-on blowing it. And setting up for the most obvious call in football, which is, with a college kicker, like a 49-yard field goal. Just gotta, you no, know, no, get it in the middle of the field. It's perfect. It'd be great. No, 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 kick it off the hash. Every, college kickers work a lot better that way. Yeah, they. they, they Do you know it. how
3: many one score game or one score games Arizona State played this year? Four, nine.
1: That's more. So more, more than that.
3: Okay. Nine.
2: What was their now? What was their record in those nine games? I would be interested to see uh,
3: that. Let's see. They. It has were, to be okay. Yeah, they were like five hundred in them. They beat. Let's see. They beat Arizona, UCLA, uh, USC. Um forgetting one. Miss Michigan State. Those are the four wins. The close losses were to San Diego State, Washington, Colorado, Stanford, and Oregon. So four and five.
2: So not that great, actually. We should just ignore that. Don't don't listen to that, Harm. Don't listen to that. It's
3: more I'm more just impressed with the ability to play that many close games. Did they just Like decide, that's hard? Did
2: they just decide to have a year in which the disappointments were more marginal, right? Like, you know what this program needs? Less huge disappointment and more consistent small disappointments.
3: Like most most teams you're most teams you're gonna see saw back and forth, right? You're not really gonna have like even Arizona, including this game, had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. They had six one-score games, and they were all over the map as a team. And Herm is still out of here basically lapping them with nine. That's, that's, whew, God.
1: It's going to be rough when he takes You a know what that job.
3: is? That's showmanship. That's 100% <laughs> showmanship. Herm knows that you paid for this cable package or this seat in the stadium, and he's going to give you a show all the way to the end.
2: I would like to point out that, yeah the general theme of the week was that bully stayed bullies. The teams that were supposed to win for the most part ended up winning. And that includes significant long streaks of just blinding, bitter disappointment by teams like, I don't know, Washington state who, in their best shot, I can't, I can't know. If you want to know how doomed and how damned Washington state is as a program, it's our best shot to beat Washington in a while. Let's do it. Thank you massive blizzard <laughs> <laughs> like act of god nope well surely they
0: adjusted and started like you know running the ball and maybe punting for field position that kind of mesh stuff. mesh <laughs> mesh uh, let's see how Run many more mesh Thirty-five throws to twenty-four runs is your total in the wintry slush.
2: Yeah, you know they
1: they, they ran it a lot more than if they usually do. That's that's pretty balanced in that weather. This is their own weather.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Jake Browning threw fourteen times. That's perfect. And punted. He punted once.
3: How many of those runs were fumbles or sacks? Is the question.
0: I I, be- I believe four.
3: <laughs> okay, three All or right. four.
2: So not God. too bad. But watching watching our special boy Gardner Minshew suffer oh. so badly and throwing endless crossing routes as Washington just dared them to do something. Yeah. That that was that was the most agonizing watch of the weekend. Even Michigan, you just thought, I don't know, man, you just signed up for you signed up for ass kicking class today and you're learning. You're you're learning all the steps of an ass kicking.
3: It didn't have the historical um, connotations with it, but the way West Virginia lost to Oklahoma was also pretty
1: painful. So the end of Wazoo, Washington, the end of this game, and Tennessee's overtime loss to Kansas in basketball all happened within like 15 minutes of each other. I was going to say Tennessee was
3: nowhere (laughs) close to overtime with Vanderbilt. So
1: Thank you. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch that game and I don't actually know the final score. Um I'm fine with that. And that was the point at which I just went and laid face down in bed with both my arms at my sides very quietly for a long time. I'm glad this season is over. Don't tell me there's another week. There's not. It's exactly. over. We did it. Exactly.
2: It's still though. Like I know that these were all these were all bitter disappointments that on paper made sense and to the eye were nothing but sadness. But there's, there's one game that...
3: Why are you like this?
2: There's, no, there's one game that just sticks out like a sore ass thumb.
3: Is it, is like it Virginia Virginia, Virginia Tech?
2: <laughs> you know, Ryan, you and I are in sync tonight. And I like that. And the reason we're in sync is because we're both talking about agony, pain, and humiliation. Our shared frequency.
3: It's our love language.
2: <laughs> our love language is pain. And nothing was more painful than this game. <laughs> nothing! The last time that UVA beat Virginia Tech was 2003. It's so the last time. And it's still the last time that UVA beat Virginia Tech because a 4-6 and six prior to this game Hokie team rolled in, managed to, you know, hang around, stay in the game, got up on them, and then suddenly... UVA attained a 31-24 lead. It was 28-24 for a while. They tacked one on. 31-24. And naturally, what do you do? Go with what was working? Keep passing the ball a little bit? No, no, no. They were going to run it. Because that's what teams are supposed to do in the fourth quarter. (laughs) And surely Virginia Tech, who'd been capable of doing nothing consistently throughout this game, would not, I don't know, pull a long completion out of its ass and string together a couple of plays to tie the game up, convince everyone wearing any UVA apparel that they were damned from the start. No, that's exactly what happened. That's, that's, I mean,
1: it's not like all of Virginia tech's defenders were gone and they entered the (laughs) season with, like five scholarship players, I don't understand what the problem is here.
3: I actually, I actually played cornerback for a couple series in this yeah, game. You
1: look great. Yeah, you looked great. I meant, yeah, thank no, you. That was good. You used, the ma- you
2: used the, like the boundary as the defender. That was awesome.
3: I don't know what those words mean, but thank you. Very yeah.
2: cool. You're just trying to make plays, man. And you know what? With Ryan Nanny playing cornerback, Virginia still couldn't beat Virginia they Tech.
1: A position for him, the nanny back. <laughs> nanny back.
2: Yeah, this There's was a reason
1: it rhymes with medivac
2: this was just ghastly it was so bad watching it happen because you could see it you could see it like something falling off of the fri- off the top of the fridge right like, no somebody immediately beneath it
0: move you had virginia getting up by what was it Talking like 14 or 10 or something like that Oh, uh, the other array around. Mm. Then Virginia came. They back, were, uh
3: Virginia Tech uh, Virginia Tech lead, was up for they and, gave it up and Yeah. And then Virginia Tech went and then Virginia Tech went, yeah, yeah. It was a real bad Virginia had it.
0: Fuck up. Yeah. Had it at least once or twice. It was it was Oh, it was You had this year, this week so, you had Washington was State. So Alright, it's finally hands. your chance. Finally. You're gonna you're gonna beat the bullies. You're gonna, you're gonna be the, you're gonna be the big boy now, Virginia. It's your best shot to beat Virginia Tech in years. You're gonna do it. Uh, and I sort of feel like there was another team that that was the case for, um, Michigan. I think that would apply. I would think, I think that would apply for Michigan. Michigan, oh man. I mean, West
1: Virginia. <laughs>
3: Hey, remember how we were talking about um, all the points scored in A and M, LSU, mm-hmm. Ohio State was very close to this point mm-hmm. total just with regulation, oh, with zero did overtimes.
1: Ohio State play a game this weekend.
3: Um, no, they overcame great adversity,
1: and
0: we're not here to talk about Ohio State. Fuck them, Michigan. You gave up sixty-two points to who? I don't know.
1: Michigan responds as one to whom?
0: To whom? You after spending Friday night making fun of Oklahoma and West Virginia for giving up uh, about that many points, not that many, I don't think. Uh, right?
1: It's like every league, not just yeah, the not NFL even that many. The you gave up. Big more. Twelve was getting and was like, "Well, we can do that shit."
0: Mm, I know the Michigan. Your defense is worse than Oklahoma's. I know Ooh. the one. I, I know the one. I'm thinking of
2: where the last time that this particular team won in this rivalry, Twitter wasn't around. Which comes into play in that team's response on Twitter to that team because Wisconsin prior to the game
1: God tw- this was a fun game tweeted
2: out, oh, you know, no one's ever tweeted that Minnesota beat Wisconsin because Twitter wasn't around the last time it happened. And after Minnesota came off the mat <laughs> after a bad last month of the season, came flying up, revived, and put Wisconsin in the camel clutch. 37 15 and now holding paul bunyan's axe yeah the uh university of minnesota responded with tweet tweet just the most midwestern nice stunt
0: ever right
2: hey there
0: i think it gets even better that tweet was like two years old yeah (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm pretty sure they went back and dug up (laughs) their receipts like if you at any point in the last 14 years have said some shit about minnesota guess what
1: vengeance is ours yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh looky here you know just thinking about you
1: now i'm just thinking about our deleted scene <laughs> <sighs>
2: yeah thirty-seven fifteen.
3: this was
1: uh, there were a lot bigger games going on at the moment uh, and i was watching this one because i was cranky uh this was a really fun game
3: it is i just want to commend everybody here i think the most insulting thing we've done to michigan Ever in this podcast is immediately start talking about Wisconsin football.
2: <laughs> seven and five Wisconsin football. Hey, Mila. Seven uh, and
3: five uh, Wisconsin football.
0: Moving on to bigger and better
1: things. Look <laughs> at <laughs> the division standings and see where where that puts where that puts Michigan. I'd be interested to
3: Michi- Michigan. Michigan. Uh, Michigan rose yeah. all the way to second this so year. So
1: a vast yeah. improvement for the plucky upstart Michigan football Wolverines.
3: Yeah, you got a four on the AP exam. Is it a five?
1: No. Oh my, Ryan! I literally gasped oh. when you said that.
2: That is the most Michigan insult ever.
1: You can't hear, you can't hear it on the mic, but my mouth actually fell open when you dared to say that. Oh God, a four in AP history, no less. Oh. Mm. Can I tell you who?
2: Can I tell you who failed an exam hard? It's a real bad segue, but I want to get to the score.
3: Is is this a, a go ahead? Yeah.
2: Just this that of all the games I didn't think were going to involve the kind of salt the earth like Roman style beatdown, uh Wake Forest beat Duke 597. Jesus. Like, to the point where you're like, settle down,
0: Wake Forest! I do not know what happened in that. <laughs> I don't know what does! It was, it was a nerd freakout. <laughs> it was like, the nerd freaked out and the other nerd. You stop hitting yourself! You stop hitting yourself! It was like the freakout in A Christmas Story, except it was two kids with glasses.
2: I, I've seen this scene before. It was when I was living in the dorms at the University of Florida, and one guy was like, so I'm just gonna move these cannons here, and up, oh, you lost this game of Risk! And the other guy flipped the table, yeah, instantly. That's what it was for four quarters. Just, just big old nerdy Wake Forest. This might be the rare instance of a basketball grudge bleeding over into football. That's the only explanation,
1: or some kind of lacrosse kerfuffle. Right.
0: This is the last time you fuck with us in lacrosse, bro. <laughs> My uh, favorite thing about this is Bill Conley. Every Sunday morning, he puts up sort of a a review of how kind of of how his picks his S&P plus picks did against what actually happened and like it's a way to show that like oh look at all the stuff that was really close but then you can have fun looking at the ones that were not close and he goes through different sections based on comparing the projected margin to the actual margin and then it gets up to you know there's one section that's like games that were way off you know as many as four touchdowns off the mark and then, uh, and then Wake gets its own section titled, Holy Crap! <laughs> More than 60 points off the projected margin. Duke was projected to win by 8 by a computer that usually beats Vegas. And yet, Wake Forest won by 52. Bill calls it uh, by far the biggest miss of the season. <laughs>
3: this game is missing a really good branding opportunity between, between the Demon Deacon and the Blue Devil. This should be the game for dominion over hell itself, and like the winner should get some real gnarled kind of bloody key. And they're like, yeah, this is the g- this is- opens the gate to hell. With this, we can unleash the we can unleash the underworld onto the surface Luc- and harvest
2: souls. Lucifer's key fob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wake Forest does have those weird tunnels under the campus. So... Lucifer, we told you you have to get
3: two factor authentication.
0: Wait, it's about unleashing uh, uh, sinister minions onto the earth, and it involves Duke? That's wild. Mm, crazy.
3: I'm just saying, lean into the hell angle, and this becomes a much more compelling game.
0: Yeah, that's good, I agree. I'm all that's for uh, making every rivalry trophy as metal as possible. Thank you. I, I would also, I would also
2: speaking of speaking of Battles for the Soul... <laughs> that involve actual emotional stakes. Hey, BYU had a lead last night. How'd that go? <laughs> no. Well, you know, all things on this mortal plane are but transitory.
3: A lot of people had a lead last night. <laughs> Kansas State had a lead last night. Mm-hmm.
2: How'd that go for? Them? It didn't
3: they didn't they don't have it
2: this morning? No, no,
0: no, no. Uh, how about that BYU lead? That BYU lead <laughs> evaporated.
1: Life's funny
0: gone the one 27 to 7 was 16 minutes to go
2: <laughs> jesus <laughs> byu leads in like every statistical category utah piece of scrap iron in his hand is like not today
1: with bronco gone are they missing their signature cussedness?
2: I mean, they may they might need virginia doesn't seem to have it either no, no. i don't know man Where'd that where'd that nut punchiness go? No,
1: no, no. It's
3: on no, a U- you it's forget. on a UPS truck, no, no, just no. just circling.
1: Y- y'all are forgetting. These are the new the these are the new broods of the two coaches whose teams inaugurated the Miami Beach Bowl with a brawl between BYU and fucking Memphis. <laughs> <Where> this <laughs> next year, no, next year's Commonwealth Cup is gonna be lit. <laughs>
2: it's true. They're going to be heinous. Remember in that brawl, by the way, person who got hit from the blind side? A Memphis player. Not a BYU player. No, it was a Memphis player who was like, that's filthy. What are you doing?
1: The blind side, you say?
2: Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, that now didn't... You're really, that now did, you're really just being mean to Godfrey at this point. That didn't work. <laughs> I would also... Uh, that didn't, I work.
1: didn't mean to do that. Well, that was an accidental stray oh god
2: there uh it also like at one point i believe before it slid he the other 20,
1: way come on the full cast.
2: i believe <laughs> that oklahoma state came back and made it a game and then it wasn't because you can't predict anything that oklahoma state's going to do this year they lost to the team that lost to kansas good yeah
3: can we can we talk about Yukon just for a second? <laughs> oh, God, oh, yes. oh damn. No. Just 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 this is all I want to do. What kind of and dream do you think
1: Randy Etzel would describe this game as?
0: Trigger warning, please.
3: I want to I want to preface that total yardage is a garbage statistic mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything. But sure. it's fun. That said, Boy, it's fun.
1: maybe that's how we should describe it, not as a statistic, but as a like a unit of entertainment.
3: Yeah, that's fair. So we're using we're talking about defense here. Oregon State, second worst defense in the nation in total yardage allowed six thousand four hundred and forty one yards this season. How many more yards did UConn, the worst team, allow? Six hundred beyond that 64, 6,441? forty six thousand four hundred forty one.
2: I'm going to go. 600 what is the, the, what, is the
3: delta, what is the delta? But what is the delta between these two
2: schools? Six hundred yards. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to say they allowed seven thousand yards.
3: Okay. Jason? I
0: don't know what Delta means.
3: <laughs> you live in Atlanta.
0: Well yeah, there's clearly there's one one delta I acknowledge.
3: Holly, do you want to hazard a guess?
1: Uh I'm gonna undercut Spencer and say uh no, no, eighty five hundred yards.
3: Okay, you went way over, but that's okay.
1: That's fine. So did UConn's opponents.
3: 7,409 yards. (laughs) Almost, almost 32 yards away from a full 1,000 yards more than the second worst team. This team allows 8.81 yards per play, which means that every time you have first and 10 against UConn, you can get holding on that first and 10 and you still should be able to pick up the first down with room to
2: spare. All I'm
0: hearing is outliers <laughs> or innovators. My That's god. What, almost 4 it's miles. Four point, it's, oh, it's,
2: it's 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 4.3 miles.
0: 4.3 miles. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
3: Like like I kind of want to flip this on its head. How did anyone ever punt against Yukon?
1: Actually pull pull that up. I would like to see how much they did.
3: <laughs> okay, so so how they were they 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 uh, allowed the fewest. They forced the fewest punts in the nation this year, (laughs) Mm. uh, both per game and overall. Two point three for twenty-eight total punts this
1: year. Per game,
3: yes, two point three punts per game.
1: Jesus, what?
2: Kick returners' hands at cobwebs.
3: There were uh, let's see, one, two, three, four games where UConn only forced one punt.
0: So if you played UConn, you got to for a day pretend you're Oklahoma, basically. Yeah. Oklahoma simulator. Well, Oklahoma's I Oklahoma offense actually did yeah. play UConn. Yeah, that happened. That yeah, that it worked out. Happened. About the rules day. are funny. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> like they like these these rigged automatic bowl games. Sometimes we could use a little bit more flexibility. Example: Oklahoma UConn.
1: No, that was great. What are you I, talking about?
0: Yeah, it's very memorable. You know,
3: UConn lost like $2 million on that game. <laughs> I did not
1: know that.
3: Because, so they had to buy, uh, oh, was that they was to the buy Fiesta. Tickets out? Right, that was the Fiesta Bowl, right? Yeah. And so this is from talking to a colleague at work who has a UConn affiliation, and for that reason, he or she shall remain completely anonymous. Um, <clears throat> they were really hoping to get the Orange Bowl. I forget who was in the Orange Bowl that year, but it was like another team that would have been it would have made more sense for yukon to play but they get oklahoma <clears throat> they get oklahoma and they have to fly across the country and because of all the tickets that they have to buy the athletic department ends up losing i think it's like 1.8 million dollars in this piece by getting 100%. to a bcs school
1: surely had lying around being UConn football
3: 100% <laughs> not a dime Women, not a dime
0: <laughs> we're talking now we're talking about women's basketball funding uh, UConn football getting destroyed in front Gino's of nine people by Oklahoma. It's fine. Can we pay it in nutmeg? Get some facts. Nice Connecticut poll. Thank you. Um, so even if you use better numbers than uh, just total yards, which are by themselves, they do tell the story quite well. Uh, Bill put up a post that was about using like good numbers to, to try and figure out how bad UConn's record setting defense is. And it was even by the smartest stuff. The I think one of the two worst since Division One split. Um, and even if you include teams that were like were basically FCS teams mixed in with FBS teams, it's it's still right down there with the worst of those. Basically, UConn had an FCS defense at the FBS level. And respect to them because they were paying Randy Etzel his two thousand three three thousand dollar (laughs) little i was gonna say (laughs) chip in bonuses throughout the season anyway i think somebody tweeted is it steve berkowitz who does like the um he's just constantly got the contract details on deck ready to dish out like this rich guy got this much richer today um i think this one was like at the end of another humiliating blowout to complete one of the worst seasons in football history randy etzel got two thousand dollars today for winning third down percentage battle some, it is was Randy something Ed, like that. Is
1: Randy Edsel the greatest argument we have for paying players? He, yep. he has said he that. He said that. Yeah, that's the
0: best part <laughs> of it. That's about, <laughs> the thing. He knows.
3: Oh, my God. What if this whole UConn season is performance
0: art? <laughs> what if this is Randy Edsel? He's Edsel's saying, look how religion. shameful this is. Look, look how awful it is what I'm doing.
3: Look upon your sport and weep.
2: <laughs> that Randy Edsel just takes that two grand and... I imagine that he gets Brian, it like Brian, in an envelope, right?
1: Brian, Brian, put the sad husky on Ozymandias. Do it.
3: <laughs> the sad husky on Joker setting a pile of money on fire.
1: Do it.
2: You're doing that right after oh, this podcast.
1: He got that, no, with, with him in the nurse's uniform. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi.
0: I think that's the one where like uh, he he he's walking away and he he clicks the fuse and the bomb doesn't go off. <laughs> I wanted to talk. He just, he just took over hospital from over. No this
2: is as good a segue as any to talk about super weapons that haven't gone off yet. Charging. Charging. The Charging. fully operational. There,
1: oh, there's a rumble.
2: The prophecy. The prophecy is still alive. Because. More alive than ever. More alive than ever. Because remember, what did we say about Pitt before the season? That they were going to be the ones that. that beat clemson
0: correct they're gonna bag a legendary pelt
3: i don't know if we said that or not we said it
0: we said said they we said they are going to wreck somebody's playoff season
3: texas is nine and three that's all that matters
0: we made two predictions that was one this is the other don't look up the rest michigan definitely wasn't going to beat ohio state (laughs) yeah we never said that never said that so, okay,
1: this would be a good week to go back to our week one episodes and listen to no, it. No, okay. it's never a good week to go back <laughs> to any episode.
0: So after the
2: false dawn... No,
1: because I actually do remember us cackling about how long Wisconsin had had Paul Bunyan's axe. I don't know what possessed us to be talking about Minnesota, Wisconsin in goddamn August.
2: That sounds like us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job, us.
2: Space madness, mostly. Mm. The The pit streak after the false dawn of a close loss to Notre Dame. They beat Duke. They beat UVA. They beat Virginia Tech and beat is a real gentle term there for what they did to Virginia Tech who must be really good because they beat UVA and a win over Wake Forest. Bully Wake Forest. They did exactly what we said they would do. The prophecy states that they would immediately collapse Phone one in and embarrass themselves at Miami because they're spending this week and the next week charging up. Charging up. Because the most pit thing of all would be to back in.
1: Beep, beep,
2: in your Pittsburgh Steelers themed. Garbage truck. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say, you know, <clears throat> like PT Cruiser.
0: No. P i t t. I call it Big
3: Bang because it's got a shitty turning radius and it's gray. <laughs> and,
0: and it's slow and smelly. Yeah. And the glove compartment's
2: filled with fries.
3: Oh, that. Well, really that's just trick. that's no, that's I the Pittsburgh DMV
2: rule. Yeah, yeah be d- that's, that's just for safety. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> so hungry. I haven't eaten in ninety minutes.
1: Oh, I thought he meant as like crash
3: insulation. <laughs> oh, Susan, we're trapped in a snowbank. Settle Bring down, i uh, Settle I'm down. Open the emergency fries. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that was uh, so. We, what we have now with um the the super weapon fully charged and operational, and it's it's drawing down on big pretty Clemson, big pretty peaceful Clemson, uh, which as you know, as we have been envisioning for a a full year now. If Pitt does this, Clemson really might be knocked out of the playoff. Like, they're super dominant and everything, and, and like, they have a nice ranking, but they ain't beat a whole lot of good teams. Ain't them. Ain't them's good. Uh, But, like, the the strength of schedule numbers just are not very kind. And with Ohio State suddenly jumping up, Oklahoma hanging around, Notre Dame already in, Bama already in, Probably, um, Clemson really could be knocked out of the playoff here. And the other funny part is, if Pitt were to win this, Pitt would clinch a bid to the Peach or Fiesta Bowl. Thank you, God. Meaning we would have a repeat of UConn going to the Fiesta Bowl, basically.
1: No,
3: Except no, no. I I, we'll to go, go to Pitt that. Fans. We I, I will. See
1: Pitt fans in Arizona.
3: Listen, if Pitt
0: man, if Pitt <laughs> oh, is in the Peach Bowl, here.
3: if Pitt's in the if Pitt's in the Peach Bowl, we're doing something for it.
1: Oh, if oh, Pitt's in going. the
0: Peach Bowl, we're there. Okay. Oh, oh my yeah. god, the Peach Pit! <laughs> yeah! Peach <laughs> pit. Pit. pit! Hashtag Peach Pit! <laughs> That's the rallying cry.
3: And if it's the Fiesta Bowl, it's a Sarlacc Pit. So. In
0: Peach Pit 45.
2: <laughs> what I would point this out, too, that, that Kenny Pickett, the starting quarterback for, for Pitt, has only thrown over 200 yards once.
1: Also, if you make a tesseract out of his jersey, it says Pitt. Wow.
2: But he's only thrown over 200 yards once. That was 316 against Wake Forest. I want right? To
1: talk about my thing.
2: Okay. Now I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back. Who was the last Pitt quarterback you remember?
3: Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's right.
3: You, do you do you know why this is? John Boyce came up, up to me in the office like two weeks ago, and he was he asked me like, "Was Nathan Peterman anything in college? Like, what? How the hell did we get to this <laughs> point?" And I was like, "Well, he was at Tennessee for a while, and like, was okay, nothing spectacular. Transferred to Pitt again, okay, nothing spectacular, but he was part of this huge win over Clemson before you know all of the building." And more Bilzing. And so much Bilzing.
2: Can I tell you the other very pit story behind this? Nathan Peterman, who of course...
3: Still charging. Nathan Peterman just takes longer to charge.
2: <laughs> Which was this. That in the 43-42 upset where Nathan Peterman was a god. He came up to Narduzzi in the office beforehand. Uh, probably the Probably by the way... A fifty-one twenty-eight loss at Miami was the week before the big upset of Clemson. Just saying, history repeats itself. Kenny Pickett, you're the new Nathan Peterman. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You have to hand
1: Don't you put that devil on him. No, he
2: has to handle the he has to hand over the Nathan Peterman mantle to somebody else in a year or two. Jason, or it's for- his forever.
1: <laughs> Jason, for old time's sake, can we get a good Nathan
0: Peterman as a god? <laughs> I don't know if I have that one in anyway. <laughs> fair. So that would feel that would feel like blasphemy in a certain way. We don't
1: have to say what he's a god of. So, okay, so
0: that's true.
1: the
2: best the best part of this story is Narduzzi, uh, Peterman was hurting, shoulder was messed up a little bit. And Narduzzi he said, Coach, I don't know if I can finish the season. I'm gonna have to have the season ending, get ready for the next level surgery. And the coach calmly told his second year starter That there won't be a next level if he doesn't finish the year and finish it strong. This is all my way of saying that, one, Kenny Pickett's definitely going to throw for 900 yards against Clemson. Because if Jake Bentley can throw for 500, just saying, it's probably going to happen. Two, Pat Narduzzi hates Nathan Peterman. Because he made him do that, and that's why we all talk about the Peterman now. It's all Pat Narduzzi's fault. Buffalo
3: helped a lot. Let's not let's not discount Buffalo's role in this.
2: Wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for the dues.
3: Man, imagine there's probably somebody out there who is a Pitt and Bills fan and they were probably real excited for Nathan Peterman's first start in Buffalo. Like, "Oh, oh jeez, Karen, I I've seen this this kid, he's got some special magic." You watch. He's like a magician. He's like Siegfried and Roy. That's
0: why we're doing voices again. <laughs> is, is this a combo pit buffalo <laughs> accent? <laughs> per- <or> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta
1: get we gotta get Kirchner on to just record a soundboard for us, like a pit, just a pit soundboard. <laughs> Yinzar
0: soundboard.
2: <laughs> <Surn-br->
1: Sir Marshmurner. <laughs>
0: Do we care about uh, any of this weekend's coaching changes?
3: Only one. uh, I care about one non-change. Clay Helton? (laughs) (laughs) Nope, not that one. Not that one.
0: So so Cliff is out. Fedora is out. Clay Helton is in. But we are here to talk about...
1: Uh, Per SB Nation exclusively, Mike Sanford is out.
0: Yeah. Mike Sanford is also out. I was, I, I was, I was going for just Power Five teams that our listeners have heard of, but there's also Western Kentucky. God
1: damn it, Godfrey! I'm trying to be nice to you. Look what happened. I don't know.
3: I don't know if this qualifies as a Power Five that uh, our listeners have heard of, but Illinois not only kept Levy Smith after uh, after they lost Northwestern and dropped to four and eight on the year, mm-hmm. they gave him a
0: two year extension. Have
1: you seen that beard? <laughs> it's the beard, man.
0: Let's, let's keep this thing growing.
1: <laughs> Look how authoritarian <laughs> that beard is. Everybody loves a strong man.
0: You know, I bet my, this comes... My, theor-
3: my working theory is that there's, like, one dish Lovey Smith can cook that's, like, maybe it's like, oh, man, have you had Lovey Smith's las- Have you had Coach Smith's lasagna? Oh, my God, it's the best, like... You know, normally lasagna to me is just like lasagna, but Coach Miss lasagna's fucking next level. Yeah, I know, I know the team's terrible, but like, I got We gotta give him the extension so we can get more lasagna. He's
2: gonna keep going. <laughs> Although, Coach- I'm
3: saying, listen, I'm saying <laughs> Illinois is run by Garfield.
2: <laughs> that that's the most. That's actually the best explanation for Illinois athletics in general. <laughs> That it's run by Garfield. That when they get in for the staff meeting on Mondays, right? Like, hey, let's turn this thing around. Let's make it happen. They oh, Mondays. Oh. I hate
0: Mondays.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Illinois takes Mondays
2: off. Let's hire Ron Zook. He reminds me of Odie. I hate that guy. <laughs> Fire him. <laughs> but he got you to a Rose Bowl.
3: <sighs> Just going to eat a whole lasagna in the pan.
2: I. I would say this for Illinois too. I respect giving him the two year extension off that because it's the it's the natural response. It's the hey, it's it's when you tell anybody like it's it's the internet thing, right? When you go, Hey, that's a stupid idea. Oh yeah? Well I'm gonna like it twice as much now. That's it. I bet somebody the A D was like, shit, I'm gonna keep Lovey. I'm just gonna keep him, man. And they were like, so what why? we're describing
0: here is employing Lovey Smith to own the libs
2: 100%. That's fine, all aboard. Yeah, this is why North- Northwestern is going to give Pat Fitzgerald like a 23 year extension.
3: That was going to happen. I mean, we're he's not
2: leaving, so <laughs> so we need to report that we need to we need to boost PFITs, we need to help him out, right? Because he'll, he'll never that uh,
1: sounds like socialism.
2: Yeah, he'll never have a union to help him out, right? Mm. So we we gotta be. Like, oh boy, I've heard that. Uh, the name a program. Texas Tech, super interested. Pat Fitzgerald. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Yeah, Northwestern is noted for their their space and rocketry programs. So why wouldn't he want to live on the moon?
3: Uh, did you know French Stewart was in Stargate?
0: Wait, what? <laughs>